Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
plan to join us for our 10th annual Worship in White celebration. This year's theme is Worship from the Heart, and our special guest will be gospel recording artist Rodney Posey. This special worship experience filled with music and praise will take place on Sunday, August 27th at the 10 a.m. worship experience. Invite your family and friends to worship and join the celebration. Good morning, and welcome to worship here at the Salem Baptist Church. We invite you to stand at this time as we begin our worship experience. Now, what, day, what a day it is to praise and worship the Lord, amen? Every day is a day that God has deserved to be praised and adored, and today is no different. So, as usual, we're so thankful that you all have decided to join with us this morning in our praise and worship service in honor of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? The scripture for this morning comes out of the 34th Psalm, and it reads like this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. 
They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we bless your name at all times. Your praise shall continually be in our mouth. We thank you for another opportunity, another day, another hour, another minute, another second to praise and worship your most holy and precious name. We lift this worship service up to you and pray that you be edified and glorified. And we pray all these things in the matchless and most blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, praise, praise the, Lord. the Lord, everybody. Come on, clap your hands, for I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on, we know that every day that we arise, that we cannot make it without the Lord. We need the Lord to survive. Come on, let's tell the Lord how much we need him in this place today, everybody. Come on. With one voice, everybody, you're all. all Come on, every breath every you breathe. Come on, tell him you're all I need. Come on, let your rivers flow. Come on, you're all I need. Come on, every breath. Come on, you're all I need. Come on, let your rivers flow. You're all I need. Come on, how many need them this morning? You're all I need. Come on, you're all I need. You're all I need. Come on, everybody, let's say you're all I need. Come on, every breath you breathe. Come on, you're all I need. Come on, let your rivers flow. Let's say it again, you're all I need. Come on, every breath you breathe. You're all I need. Let your rivers flow. Come on, you're all I need. Come on, tell them you're all I need. Come on, you're all I need. Come on, sit if I be lifted. I'll draw. You're my closest. To draw closer, be lifted. Come on, I'll draw. You're my closest. Come on, in you I live. Have my being. Come on, me. Come on, everybody. One voice, Sharon. Come on, let your rivers flow. Come on, you're all I need. You're all I need. 
Come on, you know you need them. I need you. Come on. Say, I need you. Say, I need you. You're all. Everybody, I need you. Hear the words you have cancer. It's almost deafening. At first there is shock, then there is survival. 
your life instantly changes from the typical day-to-day life you know to an ever-changing schedule of doctor's appointments, medicines, treatments, and surgeries. This is the life of a cancer patient. You are in remission are the words a cancer survivor longs to hear. As a survivor, you ask yourself, how long will this last? How long until it comes back? We have seen the survival rate climb year after year, and with that, our hope for a cure grows. I'm sorry, there is nothing more we can do. It's a statement no one wants to hear. After struggling and fighting, some battles are lost. Through these battles, though, advances are made and memories live on. It is an honor and memory that these torches are lit. For those fighting this terrible disease, we embrace you. For those who have fought and won, we honor you. And for those who have lost, we remember you. Lord Jesus, we come together right now and we want to lift up to you every family, every family member, every person that has ever battled or dealt with this terrible disease called cancer. Lord, we know in this world that we're going to face a lot of things. But Lord, we know that you have conquered the world. And so as the great physician, Lord, we ask for healing. We ask for a cure. And we know, Lord, that sometimes healing doesn't take place where and when we think it should. But we thank you for the ultimate healing that is in you. That one day all believers in you will be able to enjoy you and your presence and perfect health and away from sin. But as we live in this earth, Lord, bless those who are dealing with cancer. Give them peace, comfort, and strength as they continue to fight these battles. And we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And it's all in Jesus' name. As you guys all know, this is Cancer Awareness Sunday. And so we thank God for the ability to come together corporately in prayer to honor and pray for all those who have been impacted and suffered from this terrible disease called cancer. Want to honor the, the survivors. Want to pray with and comfort the victims. Amen. Family, it's prayer time. And as we prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer, we want to remember those that have been hospitalized. Brother Freddie Brown and Emmanuel Medical Center. We want to remember those on our prayer list. Sister Sadie Alley, Sister Jamisa Brewer, Sister Barbara Burton, Sister Evelyn Smith, Sister Regina Williams. Brother Charles Bowles, Brother Lawrence Starling, Brother Frank Stewart Sr. We also want to remember those who have lost dear members of their family. Sister Davida Irvin and Sister Nawasa Davis and the loss of their son, grandson, Sage Wright. Deacon Charles and Sister Barbara Smith and the loss of her father, Ernest Allen Robinson. Our former member, Sister Sheila Phillips-Halls, and the loss of her mother, Lola Davis-Gordon. 
the family of Sister Pauline Smith. The homegoing celebration will be held on Friday, August 25th, here at the Salem Baptist Church. Reverend Eulish Moore and the loss of his cousin, Philip Fullerlove. Deacon Mark and Sister Toria Osley and the loss of his aunt, Pauline Patrick. And Sister Regina Davis and the loss of her father, James Smith. Family, it's time to go before the Lord in prayer. But before we do, I just want to reiterate what a privilege and honor it is to pray and go directly before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know we talk often about the direct access to God that we have and what a privilege that is. Look, we talk about Jesus as Lord because he is. And in the words of the late pastor Tim Keller, he said, only a child would dare wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a bottle of water. That's the kind of access we have with our Heavenly Father. That direct access with Jesus as our high priest. So with that in mind, let us bow now and go before the Lord together in prayer. Eternal Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you. Every second, every hour, and every minute of every day, we need you. Lord, we are nothing without you. Lord, we were born in iniquity. We were born walking opposite of the truth that you have. We were born not acknowledging you. We were born guilty of sin. But Lord, through your grace and your mercy, you gave us salvation in you. And so Lord, we thank you for that salvation in you. We thank you for the salvation that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We thank you that you say that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might be your righteousness. And so Lord, we thank you that Jesus Christ never sinned a day in his life, but he bore the burden and the penalty of our sin on our behalf. And so we thank you for that this morning. We give you eternal glory and praise nonstop every day. We praise you with our lips and with our lives because of what you have done for us. And Lord, we know that even if you had done nothing, you would still be deserving of our praise because you are majesty. Your Shekinah lights just bright up the whole world. You are the holy and the righteous one. You spoke the entire world into existence. And Lord, who are we that you acknowledge us? Who are we that you love us? Who are we that you grab the hold of our hearts? and saved us through faith in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, because of that, we adore you. Lord, we know as the songwriter wrote, hearts unfold like flowers before you. Lord, our hearts unfold before you because of your majesty, because of your glory, because of your beauty, because of your weightiness. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, remind us each and every day of how good you are to us. Remind us each and every day of though we live in a weighty world with problems around every corner and right in front of our face that we serve a weightier God. Remind us that you have conquered the world. So no matter what we go through in this world, we have victory in the name of Jesus. And so we thank you for that. Lord, remind us that even though our outer man is 
wasting away, that the inner man is being renewed day by day. And that these light and momentary afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the eternal glory that we will one day have in you. So, Lord, we fix our eyes on you, not on what's seen in this world, but what's unseen. We place our hope and our faith in you, the great physician, the God of the universe, the one who is sovereign, who spoke the earth into existence, ex nihilo, out of nothing. And so, Lord, we honor and we praise you today. We lift up all those that are suffering and that are hurting, all those that have lost family members, all those that are in need of you each and every day. Lord, we pray for your comfort and your strength. We acknowledge you as the great physician. We ask that you would just be with them, that you would continue to bless them, continue to remind them of the victory that's in you. And Lord, we praise you because we know that death on this earth is not the last thing. Just like we were dead in our sins, but through Jesus Christ, we have salvation. And because of that, but we know that you died on the cross for our sins and you rose the next day in the same way our bodies will once rise. So we know that what's now corruptible will one day be incorruptible. We know that one day that no matter what happened to our bodies here on this earth, that one day they will rise with you and be glorified and spend forever in your presence through faith in Jesus Christ. So we look forward to that day in eager anticipation of one day being face to face with you, singing holy, holy, holy. And Lord, continue to encourage us as we lose family members, but we know to be absent from the body is to be present with you. And so, Lord, we thank you that even though they may not be on this earth any longer, through faith in you, there's no better place they'll be in paradise with you, and that's right now. And so we praise you for that today, Lord. We praise you for all that you do each and every day of our lives. Lord, now we lift up this worship service to you. We know that every second of every day, you're deserving of our praise and our worships. So help us to lift our hands, help us to lift our voices, help us to lift our lives and worship and praise to you this morning. Lord, help us to listen intently and receive a word from you from our great senior pastor. We ask that you would bless the word that you have prepared for him to give today and that you would Bless our hearts and help us to prepare to receive a word directly from you. Lord, we lift you up. We praise your matchless and most holy name. And we pray all these things in the most matchless and blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Welcome to Salem News. 2023 is our year of renewal. It's our prayer that you have a meaningful encounter with God today because here at Salem, we believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are a few highlights. Salem family, invite someone and come get strengthened in the Word of God during our virtual corporate prayer via Zoom on Wednesday, August 23rd. We'll email those who signed up via constant contact. The Zoom link will be emailed to you the Monday before corporate prayer. Please reach out to the church office to add your email address to the constant contact email list. Attention Salem Regeneration Youth, join us for 1-2023, a citywide youth revival night. Join thousands of students from different youth groups as we gather to lift the name of Jesus right here in Omaha. This citywide event will take place at Christ Community Church 
on August 27th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Transportation will be provided via the Salem Church van. Please contact Minister Whitaker if you do plan to attend. Attention all members, your communion elements are now being distributed from the church office during the week. The deacons will prepare communion elements for pickup during the week going forward. Due to less people, this new approach replaces the previous practice of the Saturday before communion drive up. We kindly ask you note this change and plan to receive your elements during the week during church office hours. Salem families save the date and bring someone with you to our upcoming fall revival on September 13th at 7 p.m. right here in Salem. Join us for a dynamic word from Dr. George Lewis Parks, Senior Pastor of the Metropolitan Baptist Church of Washington, D.C. So this invitation to come bless the Lord is directed towards the priest and the Levites, those individuals who know God. Come bless the Lord. That sounds like almost a no-brainer. They in the temple. They know God. They spent their life there. But I think it's a word to those of us who are in church. If we're not careful, we can become professional church people and fail to be worshipers. We start thinking because of our proximity and our seniority to the things of God that we don't need to worship. But if God has given you breath, if God has given you life, if God has given you vigor and vitality, if nobody else should get worship right, we ought to get worship right. Mark your calendars and plan to join us for our 10th annual Worship in White celebration. This year's theme is Worship from the Heart, and our special guest will be gospel recording artist Rodney Posey. Of this special worship experience filled with music and praise will take place Sunday, August 27th at 10 a.m. in our worship experience. Salem family, invite your family and friends to worship and join the celebration. Well, here in Salem, we have many exciting opportunities and events, as you can see, and we want everyone to get connected and to get involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, SalemBC.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Have a great day and a blessed week. Good morning, Salem. Pastor Backus, Pastor Whitaker, and welcome back, Pastor Hardy. Good to see you. You know, every year we all have a birthday. Uh, everybody don't look forward to that year, but it's coming. You know, when you're growing up, that getting 12, 12 and a half, and three-fourths, almost a teenager, then you hit 16, you really fast. Then by the time you get 18, oh, everybody thinks they grown by then till your mama remind you you ain't. So the years continue to go. And, you know, I'm at the point when uh, the last birthday, the grand one to put every candle on the cake. And one of them had the nerve to say, oh, Granny, we out of candles. I said, girl, if y'all don't take them candles off that cake and leave the one, otherwise the fire department would be up in here. So we have a fabulous, fantastic birthday coming up. 
and that's Pastor Vacus. Amen. He's at that point where he can still enjoy them years. He can still move and bend and jump a little bit, try to hoop every now and then, you know. But he's getting there, y'all. He's getting there. So we want to help celebrate his birthday. Whatever gift you have would be appreciated on the envelope. If you would just make at the bottom there, other happy birthday, Pastor. So we want to celebrate our pastor for the years that he's been here as well as for the birthday years that are coming. And Pastor, as you make your wish, as you blow out the candle, ask for a miracle for them Dallas Cowboys. I'm just saying. We're undefeated right now. Amen. Right now. Right now. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Smith. Amen. I certainly want to welcome those who are in the sanctuary, in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church, where we are exalting the Savior, evangelizing the lost, equipping the saints, and expanding the kingdom of God. We want to welcome all who are our guests in worship on today, those who are visiting with us. We're going to ask you to stand, not going to ask you to say or do anything. We just want to acknowledge your presence. If you are sharing with us in worship, our guest on today, please stand, please stand. We just want to acknowledge you. Amen. 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 We are so grateful for each and every one of you for your presence on today. And even as you're seated, we pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you would come and worship with us once again here at the Salem Baptist Church. So glad to see, as was recognized, Reverend Hardy here with us, who is a recently retired chaplain from our armed forces. He's come back to be with us on today, and we praise God for him. Amen. Just a little bit envious because he's retired and he gets to travel all across the country and doesn't have to worry about anything. But we are grateful for all that we, uh, well, the Salem Church poured into him that has blessed him in his career and in his ministry. I want to praise God for Sister Glendora Patterson on today. Amen. Amen. She, is it all right if I say the number? Amen. She's turning 90 years old today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, stand up so we can see how good you look. Amen. 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 Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. I want to look that good at 70, let alone 90, right? Amen. Uh, please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. We pray that you play, paid close attention to the Salem News, but there are a couple of things that we do want to remind you of. Uh, corporate prayer this Wednesday uh, at 6.30. You will receive the Zoom link this week as well. Uh, there is a Common Sense Parenting Cafe and Meeting on uh, Tuesday, August 22nd uh, here. 
uh, at beginning at 6 p.m. For those who wish to have some assistance in your parenting skills, please show up and, and contact Minister Whitaker. I heard somebody say everybody, everybody does, amen. Please contact Mr. Minister Whitaker. Uh, we certainly want to remind you what a blessing we are in store for next week for our worship in white, amen. 10 years, 10 years, amen. So be here, make sure you get here at 10 a.m. Again, as was said, our fall revival is coming up. I will be talking coming first Sunday about pastors, partners that we need. Our medical services ministry is announcing that we have information on high blood pressure and medical, Medicaid renewal. Uh, and uh, We can take your blood pressure here at the church as well, so see our medical, uh, uh, medical services ministry immediately following worship. I want to remind you this afternoon at 3 p.m., I'll be preaching at the pastoral anniversary uh, of Pastor Walter Jones at uh, the New Beginnings Community Baptist Church at 2301 North 45th Street, uh, just up the road. Amen. And again, we remind you that this is All Cancer Sunday today. And we remember those who we've lost to cancer, those who are yet in the struggle, and those who have overcome. And we have uh, our John Day and his team from the American Cancer Society that's in the entryway as you exit worship. And uh, my sister's keeper both have information as you exit. And we praise God again for the memory of those who have gone on to be with the Lord uh, as a result of that dreaded disease and for those who continue to fight and those who have conquered it as well. On Monday and Tuesday of this week, again, very quickly, I want to praise God for Sister Tammy Brown for her leadership committee uh, and committee. We had flat irons and fresh fades. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful outreach it was. We served right around 300 students from pre-K to college. And uh, there were so many, so many testimonies and so many stories that were shared. I just want to share a couple very quickly. Uh, a young lady who came who was going back to school after two years because of some medical reasons that she had encountered. She came here and was able to be blessed by that outreach. Uh, there was a mother who had uh, planned to keep her sons home from school until she could get them a haircut. Think about that. And because of you, Salem, she was able to send her children, her sons. Uh, there were some large families with five or six, seven, eight children who came. Can you imagine the impact that that had on their lives? Foster families homeless families, so many stories, and we want to thank our cosmetologists and our barbers for sacrificing. They didn't have to do it, but they did, and we're so grateful for each and every one of them. If you look at about 300 kids at what it normally cost uh, for, uh, when they told me how much a flat iron was, I'm glad I didn't have girls. Amen. But but between 15, over $15,000 uh, 
in services were given to young people in our community. Can you imagine that? And it's because of you and because of those volunteers. And we praise God for each and every one of them. Salem, you are a great church, and you need to brag on it. You need to brag on the fact. You are a great church, Salem. Amen. And again, we thank God for all of those volunteers. Many have already signed up for next year. Amen. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Both the hairstylists and the students. Amen. Some of those families, they asked us already, what was the date next year? Well, we ain't got it just yet, but we will have the date. So, Salem, give your, yourself a hand. Amen. To have a heart for outreach such as that. Amen. Salem, it is giving time. Receiving graciously. We know children have little, if any, reluctance to receiving gifts. They happily and joyfully dive into the stack of Christmas or birthday gifts, sending wrapping paper flying in every direction. Unfortunately, for many children as they grow older, they develop an attitude of reluctance in relation to receiving. And many adults, instead of receiving graciously, may make statements like, oh, you don't have to give me anything, or I don't deserve such a generous gift. Others even refuse help and assistance, stating, we don't take charity, or I don't need your help or assistance. Even more unfortunate are those who struggle with receiving salvation as the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. Somehow, they believe they can earn it or merit it, not acknowledging what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Others cannot fully accept the words of Jesus quoted in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where it says this, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Of course, family of God, it's more blessed to give because the giver has something to give. Furthermore, by giving, the giver engages the blessings of the Lord to meet all of his or her needs. But Jesus did not say that receiving was not a blessing. The recipient of the gift is blessed as well. He or she is blessed by the gift, and this enables them to initiate a blessing cycle by taking part of the gift they've received and giving it away, thereby being even more blessed. You see, giving and receiving go hand in hand. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus speaks of the blessing of giving as a result of first receiving, where he says this, freely you have received, freely give. Child of God, learn today the blessing of giving generously and the blessing of receiving graciously. 
As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Lord, because you have so freely given to me, I can freely give and thereby create a perpetual giving and receiving cycle of blessing. Amen. Amen. It is the privilege we have to give, and as a giver, we position ourselves to receive blessings from the Lord. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity from our for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. Even now, we prepare to move forward in worship as our music and fine arts ministry leads us forward. Praise the Lord, Salem. Uh, I want to make a quick announcement. To all my parents in the room, September 5th, praise and GOP will resume choir rehearsal on Tuesday night, 6.30. So uh, get your children back in rehearsals. Sister Shirley Terrell Jordan and Sister Linda Brakefield are excited to resume their rehearsals. And I know y'all ready to see our youth back up in the choir loft ministering on third Sundays. Um, we're ready to see choreography and the matrix and Chicago to see concerts like this, but if we support them, then promoters don't 
the words we speak touch somebody's life. Because you don't know what, what you say, how it can affect somebody's life. One of the things that we hear oftentimes is, I don't go to church because of what somebody has said or done to me. And so we have to make sure that when we speak to one another, Tell your neighbor, may the words I speak touch somebody's life.
use my words to show you that you can win and never lose. We're going to ask you to stand down in reverence to the Word of God. Turn once again with us to my favorite book in the book of the books, the collection of the Psalms, once again to Psalm 142. Psalm 142. The Word of God reads, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. And the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. Look once again, verses 1 and 2. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject. What happens when life gets real? What happens when life gets real? Over the last few weeks, Psalm 142 and its supporting scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 22 have provided teachable, truthful, and transparent opportunities to observe the life of the author of this psalm, David, and as well the opportunity to realistically reflect on how these observations apply themselves in our spiritual, relational, and mental lives. And as a refresher, reminder, and review, this psalm and the surrounding circumstances paint a picture and reveal a representation of a moment in life, in David's life rather, when life got real. It was a moment in David's life when things took a turn for the worse. They escalated to a severe point of seriousness and he was experiencing something that he had no precedent in his life and which he had no prior experience. Life got real for David. 
And his musings in Psalm 142 indicated first, when life gets real, you see something. Yes, you see that people set traps and people set snares. David's testimony by way of his survival of those traps and snares is that the Lord does not have to allow your enemies to triumph in their tricky traps or be successful in their sneaky snare setting. Not only does David indicate that you see that people set traps, along with that you see that people are a trip. David's experience was similar to many who are listening on today. And that experience is that in your most dire, dreadful, and dismal moments in life, when you needed assistance, when you needed assurance, when you needed affirmation, people came from every direction seeking from you what you really needed from them. Now many have heard the idiom and expression, heavy is the head that wears the crown which is a phrase that's based on the original statement in Shakespeare's Henry IV, Part Two, which says, uneasy is the head that wears the crown, which can point to the fact that sometimes it is lonely at the top. Well, I want to believe that I can say today with some confidence that there's who, there are those who can testify it's not only lonely at the top, it's lonely in the middle, and it can be lowly when you're on the bottom. Because that's where it seems David was as he reflected and wrote this psalm at the bottom of life. And he still could not find anyone to depend on. He saw that people were a trip. And on the last week we moved further as the psalm suggested that you see something. Additionally, you got to say something. And in saying something, David displays initially that there was no shame in his hearer. David was not seeking to cry out to himself because he realized his own limitations, as should each and every one of us. David was not seeking to cry out to his family about his frustrations and futility because they had come to, them, come to him with their fears and in a frenzy. David was not seeking to call out to and carry his crisis to his comrades because they themselves were in dire and desperate straits seeking leadership, guidance, and direction from David. And so David unashamedly, unapologetically, unabashedly cried out to the Lord who could hear, answer, and act on his pleas, his petitions, and his prayers. David was unashamed of his hearer. He makes it clear he cried out to the Lord. Now I want to move forward with this thought about David suggesting that you got to say something. As he demonstrated there was no shame in his hearer, it was clear that David also demonstrated there was no shame in his holler. However you want to spell that. There was no shame in his holler. 
Yep, I said what I said. I've already turned off a few people's attention and interest because I mentioned hollering. And I'm okay with that. Not everyone has a hollering kind of spirit. Well, no, that's not true. Some just confine their holler to certain settings and situations. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And yet, I want to again suggest that David is showing us that when life gets real, you have to say something. And David was not ashamed of the hearer that he was saying something to. And clearly, in the manner in which he expresses it, uh, confidently, he wants us to know there was no shame in his holler when life got real. Listen to verses, verse uh, 1 of Psalm 142. It says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. The United Bible Society's handbook of the book of Psalms says this in its commentary on verse 1. It says, the psalm opens with the psalmist's cry to Yahweh for help. The Hebrew, I cry with my voice, means the psalmist is praying aloud. I appeal loudly. James E. Smith, in his Old Testament survey series of the wisdom literature and psalms, says this about David's declaration of praying aloud and loudly. It says, David resolves to seek relief by laying his distress before Yahweh. He will cry aloud, not merely in silent prayer. Such vocalization of distress gives relief to pent up feelings and expression of the intensity of the distress. H.D.M. Spence in his pulpit commentary has this to say, my, with my voice means aloud and therefore earnestly and pressingly. What is made plain in the biblical text and through biblical scholars throughout the year is that David was not silently, soundlessly, whimperingly saying something to the Lord in his prayers. That David was not inaudibly expressing his discomfort and distress to the Lord. No, child of God, this was not some quiet, faint, indistinct cry and prayer to the Lord. I want to suggest that David let out a holler when he was talking to the Lord. Now, don't misquote me, because I do not want to suggest that the Lord does not hear our inaudible and muted prayers. Don't want to suggest that. Just the opposite. I know the Lord hears prayers that are offered in the spirit, composed in the mind, and lifted from the heart. And yet, child of God, there are some times when there are some things and some people and some situations 
that gets so real, so intense, so upsetting, and so disappointing that praying like you are in the silence of a monastery or a convent just will not do. Sometimes, just got to do like David did. You got to use your voice. That's what our early education leaders would tell us to tell their students, use your words. Use your voice. And I know, as I said earlier, for some, hollering is just not your thing. Even in moments of distress, hollering is just not your thing. I get it. I understand. I'm okay with it personally. And certainly, heaven forbid, praying and lamenting out loud around other people, crying out, carrying your concerns, cares, and consternation to the Lord out loud, clutch your pearls, is just not called for. I get it. I get it. I understand. But I just wish the same people who say that hollering out to the Lord is too much, undignified, unbecoming, improper. I wish those same people could sit next to me and listen to a replay of themselves when Mike Riley and Scott Frost were co coaching the Cornhuskers because many of those same people had no problem hollering about the problems on the football field to a television or among 90,000 people at Memorial Stadium or in your living room or your man cave. Listen, those same folk who hollered when the game was being a lost are ashamed to holler about something that's ravaging your soul and wrecking your family and ruining your relationships. I'm not picking on anybody. Be clear. I'm not trying to be critical at all. All I'm saying is what I'm saying. I'm like David. Sometimes you just have to cry out. Sometimes you just have to holler. Sometimes you just have to make some noise. Sometimes it'll make you feel a little better. Now, I know if you're not careful, they may scare some people. It may be a little off-putting. Yet, sometimes when life gets real, you just have to hide. All right, can I make a confession? I was in a business lunch on Monday, July 31st, and I try not to check my phone when I'm in meetings because I try to give people their undi my undivided attention. And, uh, and uh, so I, I, I did not check my phone, and I'm glad I didn't check my phone because uh, uh, while I was in my meeting, because the Lord knew what he was doing. And so when I got in my truck after the meeting, I looked at my phone, and I saw this Sister Bacchus had called me about 10 or 15 or 20 times. And I knew there were only two possibilities 
of what was going on. The first possibility, something was wrong. The second possibility is that I had done something wrong. So I called to find out which one it was and how much it was going to cost me. Uh, and so she informed me when I called her that my brother Jerome had snuck away to be with the Lord. And Salem, I just have to confess, right there in my truck, I hollered. I screamed as loud as I could because life had just got real. And I didn't care who was listening. I didn't care who was watching. I had to holler. And that's what David was saying. When life gets real, don't be ashamed of your holler. Let the Lord hear your cry. Listen, we open our mouths to shout out and holler glory to the Lord. Sometimes you need to open your mouth and holler, Lord, have mercy. That's what David said. I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, with my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. On a lighter note, uh, you think people don't holler out to the Lord. You think people don't shout out to the Lord when life gets real. Well, I need you to start paying closer attention to what's going on around you. There are some people hollering out, crying out to the Lord right underneath your nose and you just don't know it. Uh, over the next few days and weeks, I want you to pay attention. When your husband or your wife or your partner, significant other, or whatever you call them that day, <laughs> drives up in the parking lot, pulls in the driveway, or slowly drives in the garage, pulls up at your residence, and it looks like, it looks like they're singing words because their music is so loud. And especially if they have both their hands on the steering wheel, and they got their head down like this. The music may be on, but they're not singing Drake or Lil Baby or Chris Brown or Boyfriend by Usher. They in that car hollering. And instead of singing uh, Good Morning or Good Evening by Preacher's Kid, PJ, uh, listen, they are out there shouting, uh, 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 Precious Lord, take my hand because they got to come in there with you. Some of them are hollering because of you. Folk are hollering, they just don't tell you. I told you it was on a lighter note, but it's some truth to it. Watch them when they drive up. And then I was talking to somebody the other day, and they talked to me about this phenomenon. I'm trying to make y'all laugh, because sometimes life makes you holler. I was talking to one, uh, someone the other day about this phenomena in corporate America 
And my architect's son, Selwyn II, confirmed it for me just the other day, that because of how many modern corporate business environments are constructed these days and the open designs of office space, he was explaining it all to me, there are some rooms that are designated on floors in corporate environments as phone rooms. Never heard it before, but my son explained it to me, that there are phone rooms, and they're designed to assure privacy, confidentially, confidentiality, and discretion. And uh, the person that was sharing with me explained that hollering and crying out to the Lord sometimes happens in those phone rooms. And they explained that it looks like this. That's what it looks like. But this is what it really sounds like. Lord, you made me still come to this job today. And these crazy folk that I'm working with, if you don't do something about these folk, I promise you I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. And then when you come out, your coworker asks you, are you okay? Yeah, I was just talking to my family about something that's going on at home. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, sometimes life gets so real that you got to be like David. Sometimes you just got to holler. And listen, if you're afraid to do it around anybody else, do like me. I'll wait until the staff goes home and everybody's out the building. I come right down here to the altar of the church. And listen, when nobody is looking and nobody is listening, when life has got real and the burdens have gotten heavy, and I don't know what tomorrow holds. I just got to holler because I know the Lord is going to hear my prayer. Oh, you're not, you, don't, you don't need to be ashamed of your holler because sometimes life is holler words. David said, I cried out to the Lord with my voice. Child of God, don't be ashamed of your holler. Sometimes you just got to holler because life gets real. All right, I'm almost done, and y'all know that's not the truth. You got to say something. There was no shame in his hearer. There was no shame in his holler. But then I want to suggest as I leave you alone, there was no shame in his hurt. There was no shame in his hurt. If there's one lesson I want you to remember as you leave here today is that when life gets real, when it gets tough and torturous, thorny and tricky. There is no need to be ashamed of your hurts, your pains, your disappointments, your frustrations, and your sorrows. 
David displays this in this text. He shows us, take those hurts and pains and sorrows to the Lord. Don't be ashamed of hurts and pains in your life. I want to share an illustration and then look at uh, verse 2 of what Psalm, uh, David says in Psalm 142. The illustration is this. Professor Bruce Waltke described the Christian's response to pain and hurt this way. He said, we once rescued a wren, a small bird, from the claws of our cat. And though its wing was broken, the frightened bird struggled to escape my loving hands. He went on to say, contrast that with my daughter's recent trip to the doctor. Her strep throat was so severe that it meant a shot was necessary and frightened he says his daughter cried out no daddy no 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 but all the while he said she gripped me tightly around the neck he finished by saying pain ought to make us more like a sick child than a hurt bird what he was seeking to convey was in your hurt, in your pain, in your agony, in your anguish, in your affliction, you should cling and cleave to the Lord instead of detaching or separating yourself from the Lord. David was not ashamed to take his hurt and pain and trouble to the Lord. Listen to what he says. In verse 2, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. David pulls no punches. He holds nothing back, holds nothing in reserve. He shared his complaints, his hurt and pains of the trouble he was experiencing child of God when life gets real don't be afraid to get real with the Lord that's what David did he said I took my complaints to the Lord David said I had a kind of relationship with the Lord that I don't have to hide anything from him child of God I want to suggest once again, don't be ashamed to take your pain and hurt to the Lord. He's ready, willing, and able to meet you at the point of your pain. And he has the power to minister to you in your painful, hurtful moments. I want to say again, when life gets real, get real with the Lord. That's what David did. He took it to the Lord. Because the Lord is big enough to handle whatever you bring to him. He's concerned. He's compassionate. And you should be so grateful he's comforting and not cold like other people when you take your hurts to them. Whatever the burden, whatever the weight, whatever the worry, take it to the Lord. He can handle what's going on in your life. Close by reminding you 
what James M. Scriven says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I'm telling you, don't be ashamed of your hurts. Do like David. Take it to the Lord. Even if you got to holler, go ahead and holler. But don't be ashamed because we have a friend in Jesus. I love the way Johnson Oakman said, he said, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else can heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy. No, not one. No, not one. And yet no friend is so meek and lowly. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggle. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. The doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. Even as you stand, I want to say to you today, life is going to get real. It's going to get tough. It's going to get treacherous. It's going to be troublesome, troublesome at times. To the point, sometimes you just gotta holler. Oh, but be glad today that you have the assurance there's someone you can take your holler to, your burdens to. You can go to the Lord in prayer. You can do so if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The same Savior, that's that friend that you can go to is the same Savior who died on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Who died on Calvary's cross in your stead and on your behalf. The same Savior who hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross, took nails in his hands, a spike in his feet, a spear in his side, a crown of thorns on his head. Died for us so that, as was said earlier, we can boldly go to him in prayer. And the good news is, is that the story was not end when he died, did not end when he died on Calvary's cross bright early on the third day he was raised with all power in his hand and Romans 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God that he died for the sins of the world that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved and so we extend the invitation today take a step of faith step out in the aisle come down give your life to the Lord or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you're out of fellowship with the local church. You don't have a church home and church family. This is your opportunity to make that step of faith and become a part of the Lord's family here at the Salem Baptist Church. 
we stand on our Lord's behalf with open arms seeking to welcome you into this family of faith. As the music ministry leads us in this invitational selection, we're praying for you right now that you would not wait another day, another hour, another moment. Why don't you make that step of faith on today? Is there another? Is there another? as you're seated. Amen. We praise God today. My brother is coming as a candidate for baptism and my brother <laughs> Amen is coming his Christian experience. Amen. We know he knows the Lord. Amen. And 
I praise God for you, my young brother, who's coming today to give your life to the Lord. What a blessing. We rejoice today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The baptismal pool is going to be full. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We want to say to each of you, you are an answer to our prayers. We've been praying that the Lord would send persons our way to help us build an even greater church. And each of you are an answer to that prayer. I want you to come on in, find your place. The Lord has something for you to do in the life of the Salem church. The Bible says heaven rejoices when one comes. And so Salem, let's rejoice and welcome them into our family. Amen. Deacon Owsley is going to take you out, get some more information from you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. We praise God. We have two of our dear sisters who are coming today for prayer. We know that the Lord does hear and answer prayer. And he knows, he absolutely knows what's going on and the need that is present in your life. And uh, it ought to be a comfort that... Uh, the Lord stands with you, and we want you to know we stand with you, that you are not alone in this, whatever your situation might be. Amen? And whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, there's someone who has faced it and is a testimony that the Lord is able to provide, to heal, deliver, and to set free. We want to ask Reverend Hardy to lead us in prayer. Amen. Amen, church. Church, if you don't mind, please, let's stretch our hands towards these folks. Amen. Let's stretch our hands towards them. Amen. And God wants to hear our voice when we pray. So let's pray. Father God, first God, giving all honor, glory, and praise to you, Father. Father, because you are sovereign, God. Lord God, you are the almighty, Father. Lord, you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. Father, no matter what may come our way, we have to understand that nothing is approved unless it goes through your sovereign hands first, Father. And Lord God, we have that peace knowing that you have un everything under control, Father. Lord God, we lift up our sisters, Father. And Lord God, they're coming here and they are asking for prayer, Father, because of their situations, Father. But Lord God, just like what Paul said, he said, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Father, your servant was in prison when he said that, Father. But he still encouraged the body, no matter what they were going through, to rejoice, Father. Because, God, we don't allow outside circumstances to dictate our joy, Father. Our joy comes from you, Father. That joy is internal, Father. That peace that you give us, Father, surpasses all understanding, no matter what it is that we're going through. 
But God, you give us a promise, Father. You tell us, God, that you will guard that peace in Christ Jesus. And that's what I pray for my sisters, Father. Lord God, give them peace. That peace that is guarded in Christ Jesus, Father. Lord God, I thank you for your hand that is on them. I thank you, God, not only for them, but for this congregation, God. And I thank you, God, for Salem. And I thank you, God, for Pastor Bacchus, Father. I thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in us. Because, God, you said that you've already given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. So no matter what comes our way, Father, we can handle it because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, Father. Lord God, help my sisters to pray your word because there's power in your word, Father. Father, we claim victory, Father, in your word, Father. Father, we claim that victory in Jesus' name, Father. And Lord God, we thank you for your presence because your presence brings peace. God, we give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone that has breath say, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. We praise God for the power of prayer. We're going to ask you to stand now as we prepare to leave from this place, but never from the presence of our Savior, and prepare to receive our benediction. Amen. Don't be ashamed of your holler. Don't be ashamed of your hurt. Take it to the Lord. Amen. He hears and he answers. Let's bow our heads again. Lord, we love you and we thank you today. We thank you for the spirit of worship that's in this place. We thank you, God, for those who lean and depend on you. We thank you for the encouragement that your word brings to us each and every day of our lives. We pray, God, for release on today. We pray for relief on today. We pray for freedom on today. We pray for liberation on today. We know you're able to give it like no other can. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. So glad to see Mother White in worship today.